0: That's why like TikTok is probably my second favorite yeah. social media platform because I actually use it a lot and it's still in line with YouTube because it's all video. Yeah. Whereas I feel so out of my realm with pictures. Yeah. I I <laughs> I've never been one to like naturally go out and take pictures of stuff or myself. So Serena feels, I
1: can relate to that.
0: Yeah, it's so <laughs> weird. It's like I'm just not it gets awkward. That, Yeah, it doesn't feel natural to me. I'm just like a Midwest dude. It's just like, just like so in my own. Hello, fun people, I'm Isaac Carlson and welcome to my podcast. Here and across the internet, I'm focused on spreading magic by discussing Disney movies and the art of animation. Thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy today's episode.
1: Welcome everyone to Disney Ever After podcast. This is episode number six. I cannot believe this is episode number six. Uh, Obviously today is a little different, we are going to be interviewing a very special and very inspiring guest, Mr. Isaac Carlson, who is a Disney YouTube content creator. He has over 500, 573,000 subscribers on YouTube and has an amazing podcast called called Isaac's podcast. Um, if you can't tell, I'm a huge fan. So this is a really surreal moment for me. Um, I, I'm just so excited to have Isaac. Isaac, thank you so much for your time. How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing well. I'm excited to be here, be able to chat with you about Disney. It's, it's always, I find it extremely revitalizing to talk to other fans, um, and to just be able to hear different perspectives and to get excited about it. So I'm, I'm excited to be here.
2: Yes.
1: Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Um, before I continue also in the chat, just so I know, um, if you can press a one, if the quality of the video is, you know, somewhat good. And also you can hear us Two If, Uh, you can't hear us or there's some sort of problem just so I can see as I keep going. Um, so we're going to kind of kick it off. Uh, the first question I have is what makes Isaac, Isaac? So we want to know, like, is there anything that like, you know, maybe people don't know about you that you want to share, or maybe, um, I know that at least on my channel, there's a lot of fans of yours as well. Um, so maybe there's something they don't know about you little hidden Mm. information.
0: Ah. (laughs) Wow. um let's see what is there hidden information that i that i i could divulge um
1: or i guess just basically like <laughs> what if somebody asked you if somebody asked you to sc- hmm. describe isaac what would you say what would you say
0: sure sure so i would say that i'm someone who feels driven and like wants to be able to accomplish a lot in my life. I feel um, incredibly like happy to be in the place where I'm at. I've felt like I've been able to live a very um, blessed and loved life. I had a lot of support growing up with my parents. um, And it was it was great to be able to have an environment where, like, my mom and my dad, like, especially were like, completely okay with whatever, um, it, like hobbies unconventional that they may be that i went down um like i you know i'm someone who likes wearing yellow crocs and i have a bunch of disney stuff all around me and i like make youtube videos and my but my dad like he was um he was a seven time all american thrower of d3 um in wisconsin like what? he was oh, wow. he was like a man's man and so oh i gosh. sometimes i'm like shocked by how like patient he was with me and had no expectations for what I was doing so when i was in 3rd grade making videos with action figures on a vhs camera and i was like spending free time making like stop motion videos and everything like that like it was just something that i it was always embraced like my parents were the first they like for christmas they bought me like a flip video camera um and so, and they were also took us to Disney. And even even now, like my parents, um, they had the opportunity to go on a, a trip through my dad's work. They chose to go to Disney World. So it was kind of a Disney family too. So I, yeah, I've- Oh, I love
1: that. I yeah. love that so much. Mm-hmm.
0: So it was, <laughs> a, it was a very positive environment and um, allowed me to really explore my interests. And eventually they all kind of culminated into, eventually making a youtube channel that got to a uh, grow to what it is today
1: yeah oh my goodness especially you know the part that i love the most is the yellow crocs i that's, <laughs> i think that is my favorite part that you've said thus far also bb <laughs> thank you so much for the super chat we did see it thank you so much um so Isaac, we have a couple of Disney questions for you. Um, obviously mm-hmm. Disney is a common denominator here for all of us. Um, we all like Disney has a special place in our heart. That is why we are, you know, we travel to the Disney parks or we, you know, start Disney blogs, vlogs, whatever. Um, so we have a couple little fun Disney questions for you. Uh, mm-hmm. My first one is, and I know this is going to be kind of a difficult one, but who is your favorite Disney character and why?
0: Hmm. Um, like, so the, like a few that come to mind are like Mickey mouse stitch. I like Rapunzel is like my favorite princess. So that, you know, those are, those are the first few that come to my head. I'd probably say, um, Mickey mouse though. I like, I love the icon. Honestly, I don't
1: hear that a lot. Why Mickey mouse? What, what makes Mickey mouse something that you're very drawn to?
0: I feel like mickey mouse is what i would aspire to be able to be like kind of whereas mm-hmm. like i think donald duck is the flipping funniest <laughs> character uh like ever i think he's hilarious anything to do with the ducks i think yeah. is just amazing but mickey mouse is like he's the he's the leader he's the he's the one who's always so patient and he's so passionate like yeah. he's the kind of the the head of like and the figurehead, he's just got so much um, staying power. Yeah, um, He's got the beautiful love story. It's just constant, <laughs> constant love with Minnie Mouse. It Seems yeah. like, and he's got his friends around him. It's just, he's got the, he's got a life that I would uh, aspire to. And he's got the personality traits that I'd want. I would want to be that uh, figure that people can look to as someone who's um, positive and magical and heroic yeah. and, um, yeah, so that's, that's where that. I, I see it. Mm-hmm. I like I love the
2: that. answer. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I
1: also, I love that you said that you aspire to be, because I've said that about bell and I felt mm. like people don't understand that. So I, that makes me super happy to hear you say that because, you know, like we do, cause we were all kids once. So we had somebody that we looked up to that we thought was, um, you know, exactly who and what we wanted to be. So I love that you said aspire to be, because it makes me feel like even more seen and validated in my feelings.
2: (laughs) Uh, Serena, do you have
1: a Disney question for him that you want to throw out
2: there? I do. So my (laughs) Disney question is what is your favorite Disney park and why?
0: Ooh, okay. So I, I, so I grew up going to Disney world, Mm -hmm. um, and I love the grandeur of disney world that there's over like 20 resorts just so many theme parks and water parks it's it's incredible if i was going to live by any the any of the resorts i would most likely live by um disney world but the caveat is for d23 in 2019 i spent a week walking to disneyland and just kind of like living in disneyland um and i think it's i think it's the most incredible park it's for, for me, the, I mean, the main, one of the main things is it uses its space so effectively. Um, there's so many e-ticket attractions within it. So each of the lands feels so developed and I know that there's, there's certain areas that people want to be changed, but personally, I mean, it's just so, it's just so complete and so beautiful. There's so many nighttime shows you can stay so late. Um, I mean, new Orleans square is probably my favorite land in, Mm -hmm any park too, like the fact that it's pirates, of the Caribbean, the watch station for, um, like phantasmic. And then there's also going to be adding princess and the frog, a splash mountain, splash mountain is yeah. one of my favorite rides so long, so much musical <laughs> elements, animatronics and everything. It is so, mm-hmm. it is so good. I love Disneyland. And like being able to experience the history and how modern it feels it's just, a uh, it's just an all-around amazing park and I I've loved being able to be, be able to spend time there
1: We actually talked about that I think last week uh, Serena yeah. Ray and I about how and Isaac you can say because now I experienced as well when you walk down Main Street USA and Disneyland it has a very historic feel to it you, don't, you know it's like if you can feel the presence of all the people who have come before like there's just such a classic traditional feel to it did you get that same kind of feeling
0: i i definitely like felt it at times i mean the thing is is like i felt the impression of main street so much going to the magic kingdom so it didn't necessarily feel more distinguished than like going to the magic kingdom because there's such similar main streets but like it's it's impactful to like see like the honestly the thing that hits the the hardest is seeing the the firehouse that like and knowing that like disney's family stayed in there and that like he was like knowing that's that's the big distinguisher i feel like when i go through the gates and i look over there and i know that they actually um like actually lived there and stayed there and enjoyed the parks there. That yeah. was when I, I felt that the most, um, being at Disneyland. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and let's let Zach kind of give it, give his question. Um, cause it's in the, in the uh, realm of what we're talking about. He says, I have a question for Isaac. If you can pick any land in any Disney theme park for the rest of your life, which would it be? That's a great question. Actually. I like that.
0: Hmm. So there's part of me that wants like the space elements there's part of me that wants <laughs> the, the beauty of animal kingdom mm. part of me wants like tower of terror animal I think kingdom yeah I, I mean <laughs> animal kingdom is probably like my second favorite theme park it's it's incredible um man if I had to choose one land though I feel I like I would
1: that. Wow, that's a great question. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um I feel like I'd probably go for Tomorrowland. Um okay. okay. I love I love the the space feel. I love the background music and I, that's probably the background music I listen to the most.
1: I <laughs> <laughs> love that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um okay, next question, uh Disney question. Why is Disney so special to you? Mm. Yeah, that's a, that's
0: a. <laughs> I, I think the, you know, going back to family again, I've, I feel like I recognize that this more and more It's just that like, it was something that we did frequently when I was growing up. It was like, um, every other year throughout elementary school, we would go to Disney world. And it's just something that our whole family like united behind and we had so many memories going. And so I think that's what really connects me to the parks. And I feel like, um, the movies too, it just kind of was like a fed into each other, um, having the really impactful theme park experiences and meeting the characters, like there is, there was one vacation where that was like the main activity we did beyond experiencing all the rides was going to get the autographs um
1: yeah
0: and and so yeah it's just something that i felt a lot and i grew up seeing all of the movies Um, i think
1: i saw a clip of you dressed up as a jedi or something am i wrong when you were really young and you had like a little
0: (laughs) jedi robe and everything um yeah so there was i did the jedi training academy in hollywood studios where they pull up a bunch uh, originally what they did was they chose a bunch of Audience members to come up on stage and then you would you would train with these like Jedi masters And then you would fight Darth Vader and so My brother and I got pulled onto stage and we we both fought Darth Vader. That was a really cool thing and then (laughs) Then I eventually went and got a Jedi robe from um, The the Star Wars gift shop outside of Star Tours and so I wore that around the entire vacation and so (laughs) Yeah, Mm yeah. I, I still have the little Jenny robe at my parents' house.
1: (laughs) I love that. That is awesome. Serena, do you have another Disney question? Then we'll kind of move on after that.
2: I'm trying to think which one should I ask, but we're going to stay inside the parks. (laughs) I have like two more, but we're going to stick to this. Okay. So my question for you, Isaac, if Mm -hmm. you can work at any (laughs) Disney park, disney daily don't laugh hold it in if you can work at any disney park what would you what would your dream job be
1: okay i was gonna Mm. say an occupation specifically
2: occupation
0: um okay i think and so this would be someone who like is in the parks every single day like not someone who's like no, okay.
1: not necessarily. No, 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 not necessarily. Could be somebody who works like in a studio or something like that.
2: We took um, bets
1: beforehand what you would say. That's I'm, why uh, yeah,
2: we really
0: did. Okay, okay. No um, I think that if I was, if I was like, how there's like a few caveats. It's like the practical answer would be like if I could go be the the face of like Disney's. Social media I would just go do that and I could go oh. do like the oh. the um like the must do in Disney and do all that stuff like I would okay. love to be like a face of of it but so an ambassador mm-hmm. possibly yeah like i would I'd like to do something like that although you know but I think I think if I was going to do something the the other thing that came to mind was to be one of the plaids to be one of the tour guides oh um and mm. to be able to like guide people around the parks and to be able to get them to do cool experiences and things like that i think that would be really exciting too
1: um, yeah mm-hmm. i knew it this, I, said, <laughs> yeah. I said you would want to be like an imagineer yeah. or something like that that's where i was i was going with it
0: well like that's I mean, that's something else. That was the third thing I was going to say was like, (laughs) like, I, I would want to be able to shape the, the parks as I saw fit. The thing is, I mean, I just want to be able to like put in all of my ideas and then like not have to do any of the, like the, the The follow Yeah. The rigorous (laughs) engineering involved with it. Like, I want to, I want to like be the idea person. I, I but like that. I just don't have a lot like that's kind of the 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 interesting thing about it is that you typically have to be a piece somewhere along that line. So I was like, are you going to be an engineer who's actually like an architectural engineer who is like designing these things, designing these experiences? Like there's people that like, you know, they they literally just poured concrete and they were like forming the concrete of like radiator yeah. springs or like there's other people that do like concept art and like, there's not a lot of, um, I don't really know what my place would be in there. Um, but you know, if I ever get into Disney Imagineering, we'll, we'll see where that goes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, we're going to kind of transition. Now we're going to ask, um, Isaac about his YouTube. Um, so the first, you know, best opening question, Uh, Mm -hmm. when did you first start on YouTube and did you initially start for fun or did you want a career? Was that, was that the main Mm -hmm. goal at first?
0: Um, so I initially got onto YouTube. I was watching videos since I was in like third grade or something. Um, Mm -hmm. but I didn't make a channel until 2011. And at that point I was posting stop motion videos that I was making. Um, Oh wow and then i made a second a different channel that is the channel i'm currently on
1: okay
0: um and it was really just um a desire to make videos i'd been making videos for so many years um mm-hmm. just on just for fun doing stop motions and like messing around with vhs cameras and different cameras like that over the years make things with friends um and mm-hmm. what initially got me to post my first video was there's a moment in star wars episode two where they reference this jedi master master cypher who like there's no other context around who he is so i just thought it i did some research about him and realized that might be a question other people would want to know so i made like a, a few minute video about um jedi master cypher and i uploaded it and i posted every a uh, few months uh after that uh, like a star Wars video here and there. Um, and a mm-hmm. few years later, like that original video ha- had like 50,000 views on it. Um, oh, wow. so it kind of validated what I was doing. And I had like 300 subscribers at the time too. Um, but it whole yeah, it all started just out as fun. Um, mm-hmm. I think the thing that is kind of weird to think about now is that when I started making videos, it was not a cool thing to do. Like the idea of a YouTuber really didn't exist when I started making videos in elementary school, like, um, like I, when there was an option to do something creative for like school project, I would always make a video. And that was like, the only like YouTubers were like Fred and iCarly, which like those, Mm -hmm. and so it was kind of a. It was kind of a weird thing and I remember being embarrassed of people finding out that I talked about Star Wars um, on YouTube uh, kids there was kids that like kind of mocked it and stuff including people that I was like close with so I was kind of questioning um whether that was something like a young guy should even be like doing at mm-hmm. all um, so I kind of didn't pursue it that much until the end of high school. Um, when some, a new group of friends, um, kind of encouraged it with the, the, the famous thing that I don't think they even remember telling me was that like, no one can make fun of you if you actually succeed at it. Um, (laughs) I
1: love that. that.
0: Yeah. So, um, so the January of my last semester of high school, I decided I was going to start posting once a week and that was. That was how it all began to start snowballing from there
1: that's so crazy that's it's amazing also, it's amazing it's crazy and it's so interesting too when you have the right group of people around you what can happen yeah. mm-hmm. you know yeah. and not just in like career wise just in general like it's interesting when you get the right support team around you like how much like like for you it validated you and you were like yeah you're right i'm gonna succeed at it <laughs>
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's wild. Um, that's something I really have grown to value more and more is like, you want to surround yourself with people that feed the energy that you want to have. That's Mm -hmm. something I want to be able to figure out. How do you recruit more people to want to work with you and to do those things or just be, you know, just be friends with you even, and be able to feed off that energy, but yeah, I mean, for some uh, even more context, like. Um, my channel was originally called WatsO Videos, and there was a group of friends that I mean, at the time it was just a joke, but it definitely hit different. They called the, they built made a channel called WatsO Blows and were commenting on all my videos, and so that that was a discouraging time as an eighth grader in junior high. Wait,
1: they <laughs> of you on the channel?
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh they my were, gosh. Yeah, it was it was brutal. Which like, it just it just seemed like in line with the type of like call of duty like idiot type of like eighth grade humor Mm, at the time yeah Yeah. Yeah. but but it definitely like it it hit it struck a nerve and it definitely was discouraging yeah Mm -hmm. i'm really
1: happy that you decided to battle back and you didn't let that discourage you Mm because i could understand how that could completely like set you back especially when you're so young you know, yeah. it's different when yeah. you're in a Yeah, like when you're an adult, you, yeah. know, you handle things differently. But when you're a kid and you have like your other peers, like, uh, well, I'm, I'm really happy to hear that you just, you know, found a way to like, just silence the noise and keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that's kind of segues into my next question, which is just like, uh, what was the hardest part for you in the beginning stages? Would you say it was that overcoming that little group that was really pesky um, or were there other parts that you found were like the hardest?
0: I mean, thinking back on it now, it, yeah, it definitely was. The, it was definitely the social pressure of it. Um, honestly, there wasn't that much of relative. I acknowledge to what other people experience of being like rejections of their type of what they want to do or what they want to become or anything like that, like the. The barriers weren't that much, but it still felt like overwhelming at the time. Um, I mean, like by the time I was in senior year, I had a really established group of friends that were very supportive and um, like very in a similar mindset to me. Um but like going off to college, I mean, I was in my dorm room like with a a blue yeti mic just like screaming this theory about Anna having firepowers. <laughs> that like during Christmas it was like finals week and everyone's like trying to be all quiet and I'm like I gotta record this this darn video so I'm gonna I'm gonna do it and and I but I knew that like I mean uh, like it was a it was a grou- whole group of 18 year old guys and it was it was like so embarrassing to do that but I'm like I don't care like, I'm 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 growing my channel and then like the like goes Viral so it like I mean not to like not to say you have to go viral To be able to get through those things, but it was just kind of like
1: validation again.
0: Yeah. Yeah That it was getting the positive feedback
1: (laughs) That is so hilarious I love that you're talking about the dorm room and you're having to like because I know now like what you're talking about the having to to recite a script and like be a certain way and like majority of your videos right you're on camera, too, so you have to be like (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. presenting that information yeah.
0: at at that point I had still been um just doing audio over and okay. so but but I had a roommate so I like I never did recordings whenever he was there so I always tried to find like a different time but I, I like I could see the inch crack underneath my door and I could he- I remember hearing people through the the room so I know that people were hearing me screaming about frozen and stuff like that, but it all, (laughs) it was fun.
1: Uh, Serena, do you
2: have any questions you want to throw out there? I have a whole list, but I'm going to pass them on. (laughs) I think my question is about the name change Mm -hmm. on why you decided to change your name.
0: Oh yeah, sure. Sure. (laughs) Um,
1: make sure also you say what your name was before. We also want to know and piggyback off that. Why what so?
0: So all of that. Sure, sure. <laughs> so the original reason I made a second channel was because my brother and I were thinking, oh, we should start like a YouTube channel together. And so he was the one who kind of like randomly said like so videos. And it was kind of just the idea of, all right, let's choose a name in a similar vein to like PewDiePie. It doesn't really mean anything until you have the context of like you've seen the content so that the, the name didn't necessarily matter or pigeonhole any type of content that I wanted to make. So it gave me the freedom to be able to try like star Wars and video game stuff. And then eventually like Disney and Pixar and animation more. Mm -hmm. Um, but then kind of what happened was is I started to think more long term of what I wanted my life on social media to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and it suddenly became a realization that I didn't, I was growing these platforms where everything was called Watso videos and I was treating them as if they were like personal accounts. Um, and I didn't really understand how like Watso as a individual or someone that people knew differed from Isaac Carlson. And I felt mm-hmm. kind of like. Hold in two directions. Like, how do I, if I wanted to talk about something in the future, would it make sense to be put under like a Watso branded account? And like, what happens if I want to, um, like share different, just like, sh- just share or evolve over time? Um, mm-hmm. that was kind of what I I was thinking about because. Okay like especially as like branding goes is like a, like as i continue to do future projects i felt like restrained by constantly going back to watso even though people outside of the audience wouldn't have a, a much of an understanding of what that meant um and so i just wanted it to be a reflection of me because like watso was just me um and now it can mm-hmm. like be shaped and evolved and be more folk like just just make it clearer that it's it's just me on the other side of the camera and it's not a team or it's not a persona or it's not like a company or brand like it literally it is just um me and i wanted to make that much clearer um and so i, I love that Yeah. I went with the name change.
1: (laughs) I love that. And that was recent, right? That wasn't a long time ago that you did that. The rebranding.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I believe it was, it was, it was in the last six months. Okay.
1: Um, Yeah. Did you also do that kind of as a way to, um, also maybe open the door to being more personal, like taking people along with you on certain parts of your life or no, that's not
0: in the cards. I think, I think that's a, a place that i want to take it okay. um like if i ever like i i want to be able to do like showcases of experiences especially in like the parks mm-hmm. and do do be able to show more elements of my life and to make it clear that like that's what's going on is that it's me showing like my experiences with like the magic of disney mm-hmm. um And it's not, and I just felt like that got muddled with Watson videos for me. I mean, like the one thing you hear a lot when you do research about social media is that people connect much more with individuals than they do with brands, which is why brands try to emulate the way that people talk and behave. Um, and so I was just like, and that, that was the thing I was trying to do initially was like, I, I said. I tried to use wording to make it seem like it was a big team even though it was really okay. just me to add some type of authority and now i just want it to be more um authentic and uh yeah just more transparent
1: i love that whole explanation and it's very much like serena ray like she uses her like she uses her um y'all are giving me ideas because i'm over here like this <laughs> daily um but... <laughs> But I love that because you're right. At the end of the day, I think what really hits home with people is that personable element. Um, mm-hmm. Cause it is hard. It, like who connects to companies, you know, like Nike or, you know, Adidas or something that is not really a connection there, but when it's a person and a person mm-hmm. you really admire and respect, you start to develop, even if you've never even met them, you start to develop like a connection to them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, And there's a, I mean, there's a lot of channels, uh, what are they? I forgot what they call them, but like cash cow channels that they're like the, like there's certain channels that are, are like manufactured so that like, there's someone who writes a script pass it off. They edit a video and they like do that. And it can, and it can be difficult to distinguish those people from like really just passionate individuals that like care about it and know about it. Um, and oh man, what was, Oh yeah. There's, you know, I've listened to a podcast where these guys were talking about how they had watched these people represent this brand for so long. And they just assumed that they were the owners of the company, but no, they were literally just salaried creators. And then, so really like whoever is out in front speaking is who people are going to connect with. Yeah. And, um, and that's just something that I've really wanted to be able to do more of because I want to make sure that, I am building a community and not just trying to, um, not just like put out content to, to try to go viral is that it's also trying to serve a mission and like connect people.
1: Yeah. Uh, Serena, you had a great question. He mentioned community. What was the the question you were going to ask him about community?
2: Oh. I think the question was along the lines of what are you like doing now to like, or what have you done? It was really like, I think in general, like, what have you done to like help strengthen your community? Because I know for us who are who are just starting, Mm -hmm. like, that's what we're trying to do. You're trying to, you know, find that community of people, you want to have those people that come back Each and every video, I have my sun rays before you guys attack me. Like, what about us? But you you want you want that as a creator. You always Mm -hmm. like enjoy having those same people come back and comment and you start to get invested in their lives just like they're invested in yours. So Mm -hmm. that's that was my question. Like, what are you doing like to help grow your community or strengthen it?
0: Sure. I so first off, I'd say that I wouldn't say I'm doing the best at it. And so I wouldn't necessarily say that I'm like, a a perfect example of what to do. I think there's like really good examples. People go really in depth, um, with like inside jokes and repeating that and having like community language. And those are all really powerful things, but oftentimes that doesn't feel very naturally natural for me to do, especially if I'm writing a script. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially like in the social media realm when I don't want to waste someone's time I want them to be able to watch the main parts of the content that like I'm really excited about and so sometimes I feel like It's unnecessary. I don't I don't like oftentimes like going on huge tangents or doing an unrelated story and Like but those are things that are can be good. So what I, I really try to do So to bring it back to me is I just try to give my thoughts about things when they come up in in a discussion. And whether that be like giving a little anecdote that, like, I really like this character or I didn't really like this moment or um, try to explain like some backstory I had with. um, Some some type of experience or some type of movie and give a little bit of background. Um, the, I mean, the first thing I did was like prioritize showing my face on camera and -hmm. I try to do that more. Um, and one way I, I'm trying to do it now is getting used to talking in a more conversational way and then trying to edit it down from there. So that's been something I've been trying to do too, is like, especially with the podcast is being able to just have more natural conversations so that my ideas can just flow out because what i really try to do in my videos is i when i when i really want to be thoughtful about the community is to imagine that i'm speaking about this uh whatever the discussion is focused on i'm speaking that to a friend and how would i discuss this or what would my reaction be because sometimes i'll like communicate it to a friend and then i'll just be like Like I'm saying like, oh yeah, this is kind of a thing I don't agree with. But then when I'm talking to my friend, I'm just like, this is, this is just ridiculous, why would they (laughs) even include this? So like trying to, trying to include more of the, that natural way that I explain things to, um, and including that. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: I think you've been doing a good job. I've been seeing your (laughs) last few videos and I like it. Oh,
0: thank you.
1: Yes, yes. You definitely didn't give yourself enough credit. You definitely <laughs> have done a great job with community building. Um, thank you, Ryan, also for the $5 in celebration of Disney Ever After podcast's first guest. Yes. By the way, Isaac, I don't know if I told you this, but just so happened to end up this way. Serena Ray knows this. Today is actually my one year anniversary on YouTube. Yes, and wow. It just, and it just that so happened, happened. That, that was my main inspirations is, is on today. Like I, how does <laughs> that happen? And I didn't even, it was an accident. It just completely accident.
0: So just a little,
1: wow. little tidbit. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Dang, congratulations. Thanks. Yeah. A whole year. It flew mm-hmm. by. When, <laughs> whole yeah. Yeah. What, what, how many subscribers are you at right now? Um,
1: I don't even know. I try not to look cause I'm very hard on myself.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Oh no, no. I, I'm, I'm with you there.
1: Um, it says I have 2,600 something. So that's not bad.
0: That's incredible for a first year. She's doing
2: amazing. Yeah.
1: (laughs) it's the little the little uh what's that little train the little train that could going up the big hill (laughs)
2: yeah
1: (laughs) um but anyways i just want to sneak that it was this isn't about me i just want to sneak (laughs) it in it's really cool it ended up on my anniversary i couldn't have picked a better Mm guest for this um so i i'm just kind of curious um what would you say did you have a first viral video Mm. And what was that? If you can remember, or was a viral thing, not really, was it more of a gradual, each video just kept doing better and better type thing.
0: Um, I, I would say that there is a few standout moments. I mean, like the first video got 50,000 views. That was super exciting. Um, then when a Zootopia video, like oh, my, that was Sabrina. my first. That's
1: her <laughs> movie. That's her favorite.
0: <laughs> <movie>. <laughs> um. I was talking about I think it was about like Zootopia's lessons about mm-hmm. um like the meaning behind the movie. And that video did significantly better than my Star Wars videos. So that was kind of a a sudden realization that Disney could have some potential, but then it became extremely solidified um with my first viral video that is still my most viewed video is um Scar Before the Lion King, his backstory. Yes. I mean, I, I remember, um, being in my parents' basement and anyone, like,
1: sorry, if anyone can drop that link in the chat, please, please, <laughs> sorry. Keep going. you were in yeah. your parents' basement. <laughs>
0: yep. I mean, I, I, yeah, like I was, I think it was the summer before I, I now I can't remember, but I remember like being in the basement and like kind of realizing that there is this fascinating, these fascinating books that dive into the backstory of scar. Um, I was like perusing the different lion King and Disney wikis and suddenly like piecing it together. And I wrote it and I was just like, this is so, this is so incredible and cool. Um, and then it released and it did phenomenally. And yeah. it was, um, it was, it was definitely a validation again into like the Disney track, cause it was kind of like over the summer in between high school and college i was trying tons of different things and
1: mm, the experimental phase
0: yeah yeah i was trying tons of different stuff just making one video a week and everything and suddenly it became very very clear that like disney was the thing that wasn't being explored much um really the the inspiration for me at the time was like the super carlin brothers with all of their theories and everything like that and um
2: but it mm-hmm. felt like
0: there was a, I was shocked that they weren't talking about Disney animation. And that was kind of where I got um, excited because, and and also yeah. like the, like there was so many, this is kind of something I still think about today is like, there's a lot of channels that go into the lore that are of like Star Wars and Marvel and comics in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just not that, just not that many for Disney animation. And I'm glad yeah, that yeah. I, get the opportunity to do that. And I'm glad, I'm glad you're in the space doing it too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a common love that we all have and you're right. Um, also thank you everyone. That's very sweet. Everyone with the, Ryan, <laughs> thank you so much uh, for the one year. Serena, thank you so much for the one year. And Jerry, thank you so much as well. I really appreciate that you guys. It means a lot to me. You have no idea. Um, Serena, do you have another YouTube question you want to shoot at Isaac?
2: this is kind of a youtube question and it's kind of like a i saw it on instagram and i'm curious question okay so i noticed you did a disney institute class Mm -hmm. so i wanted to know what made you do that class and how did you like it
0: okay um so for some context disney has this program um and traditionally they do like these weekend like trips in Orlando where they have a bunch of instructors and speakers teaching about how to thrive in business using the methods that Disney does um and i i'd been st- i'd stumbled upon it i was kind of aware of it they've got a book that i want to read but i typically like Listening to the audiobooks, and they don't have an audiobook yet for it. They called it's called "Be Our Guest," and it's a similar thing about customer service. But I, I really wanted to see how Disney approached customer experience, and that was the course that I did. There's some like about leadership, and there's some smaller ones, but I decided I'd I'd take the plunge with it, um, and just kind of like ex- see how it like worked what the perspective was i mean it was all i chose to do on demand instead of live because the live costs more to do so i did on demand and i watched through the series of videos i did it in the afternoon over the weekend and it was just kind of i thought it was fun to do um i don't necessarily know if there was um like something that is going to radically change the direction of how I behave or yeah. how I would engage with people on a, you know, on a different level. But the way I typically see it is, is like, you don't necessarily know what the value is of like listening to an audiobook or, you know, taking like this course, that was the first time I'd ever took a digital course. Typically I'm not super into diving into them, but it was from Disney. And so I've got a soft spot. So my, my willingness to purchase from Disney is the threshold is much, much <laughs> higher. Um, so I'm like, oh, yeah, this, yeah. this is a steal like <laughs> um, And so I I dived into it and I I felt like it was it was cool and it was inspiring to hear, especially everything applied to the parks, all the examples were applying to the parks. So it was cool to see mm-hmm. how their thought process works inside uh, the Walt Disney Company. And hopefully I can apply that to uh my videos and whatever endeavors I do in the future.
2: Okay.
1: That was yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like I want to do it now too. That's why I'm I'm glad we asked actually, because she had mm-hmm. noticed the picture and then I was like, oh yeah, I we should definitely do that. That's yeah, why not? Like you said. <laughs> yeah. So
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Callista, thank you so much uh for the super chat. Um, I have another question. We have so many questions. Um, what would you say is the best part of being a content creator? What would you say is like the worst part? If there is a worst part, maybe there's not a worst part.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, I'd say the, the best part is man. When, when everything like lines up and you, you're feeling confident and, you're feeling passionate about what you're speaking about um and it feels like you're in the like you're kind of on the the rails of like you just kind of full steam ahead it's mm-hmm. it's it can be incredibly thrilling it's quite the the high to have like um being able to be so excited about something and then it resonate with a ton of people and that means like you grow more and you get to just keep doing that it's so it's so exciting um so when there's those times where there's just like there's just so much passion for it it it's it's thrilling and it feels like what what else could i possibly do (laughs) um the times that it gets difficult is when um there's i like when i allow outside pressure to seep into me and it disrupts my excitement for what i'm doing and what i'm speaking about um mm-hmm. i've lived through the the original adpocalypse that was a stressful period of time um mm-hmm. i've lived through the you know the forest with logan paul you know dealing with that Kappa mm-hmm. was very recent COVID 19 the looming um financial crisis because YouTube has never existed with its current monetization with, um, while also going through a financial crisis, social media really has modern social media, hasn't really endured that. So that will be very (laughs) interesting to see. Um, because because before, like in 2008, YouTube didn't have, um, monetization for creators. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, the, that didn't come out for a few years. Um, like the first, first, like, I, I don't know how long it took, but it was quite a few years before YouTube shared a portion of the ad revenue with creators. Wow. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. (laughs) So, so like when. You know when like the green brothers started off like there was no monetization like same for like philip defranco like it was just a wild west like fred didn't make money off of his viral videos or any not none of them did even if they were making millions of views because the partner program just didn't exist mm-hmm. and then um but it eventually came came about and that's something that supports a lot of creators um And so that's something though, all those things, the stress of them, um, it can sometimes be crippling, but I also know that if I am getting stressed, that means that there's not a plan set up. And so that pushes me to try to do, um, be more thoughtful of how I can endure those things. And that's something I, and, but, but at times that can also, pull away from the excitement of making videos because sometimes it feels like I'm on the hamster wheel, not realizing that like a dog is running, (laughs) like running at me and I'm just trying to ignore it so I can just keep running.
2: And so that's the thing
0: I'm really trying to avoid is like, I want to make sure that I'm like preparing for the future and not just tunnel vision. Um, in what I've done in the past.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Do you mind me asking um, more recently, not to be like, you know, TMI, but uh, I had a video that I would say probably went viral and I had Serena knows this and a couple of my, you know, close Disney daily family knows this as well. Um, I've had like the meanest comments I've had ever uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) within those videos going up. Um, And I know it's inevitable. I know it's going to happen. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. not, I'm not, you know living in this like little naive world. But, um, how do you deal with, maybe you've never gotten a mean comment, I don't know, but how do you deal with, um, people that have, you know, been mean towards you or said things like, how do you kind of deal with that? Um, did it initially like bother you a lot or, um, you know, now are you kind of numb to it or like, yeah, kind of just want to pick your brain on that.
0: Uh, so the first thing I would say is that like, I think it's totally valid for you to be upset that you're getting hate comments. Um, like it's, it can be like kind of scary and kind of like, um, overwhelming, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially, you know, I've gotten a lot of people, you know, saying, saying stuff about like threatening my life and like making comments about my sexuality. And it's just like, it's just a whole bunch of noise and you know, it. it's, <laughs> I mean, it, oftentimes it depends on where, where I'm at, because like, if I post yeah. a video that I'm like really excited for, and then I get a whole bunch of mean comments and I've already like feeling bad, then it just kind of feels yeah. like, uh, it's just like crushing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the main thing is just to realize that, those people are most likely going through something much worse than what we're experiencing because Mm -hmm. we're the people that are actually showing up and putting ourselves out there. And, Mm -hmm. um, and so just try to realize that they're probably at a darker place than us. So try to have empathy for them, but also Mm -hmm. just realize that, um, that their opinion or their comments don't, um, define, define any of us mm-hmm. and that we just have to continue to, um, believe in what we're doing. So that's, yeah, it, but it's not, I would say it's not, not something that's <laughs> incredibly easy to endure, especially when it's first starting out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for that though. I, especially the last part that you said about believing in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. um that ult- ultimately is what resonates, and I think that's uh what's gonna keep me going is that I believe in what mm-hmm. I'm doing and I'm excited mm-hmm. about it and I want to be a positive place for people um yeah. that's my and my number one goal there's a lot of drama channels out there uh <laughs> you know um and I just and they fade they kind of feed off of that and that's not me and that's not what I want so I think that's what brought me down so much was. I don't feel like I exude anything other than positivity and happiness, um, Mm -hmm. and trying to create a safe space for everyone. So when I got those, I just, it kind of, and like I said, if it would have just, I've gotten one and two, you know, three, four here and there, but it was all like all within, you know, a 24 hour span. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that's why it hit so hard. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was an onslaught. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yep.
1: Yes. Um, I have another question. Um, cause I know I'm a big believer in people following their dreams. I honestly believe that everyone can follow their dream and everyone's dream can come true. Um, and I'm kind of curious, what advice would you give to someone who wants to pursue a career in something they love, but they might be scared to make that first step hmm. uh, a Raya and the last dragon moment, first step. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, I would say, yeah, the general advice for how you start pursuing your dream, I would just say that you have to find a way to just integrate it into your life, um, in whatever way is accessible right now, and then continue to prioritize that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, it, there's, you know, lots of people have different dreams or different aspirations uh for what they want their life to become but i think it's just like continuing to prioritize it you know there's there's times that you know i i've heard a lot of people like say that they're super busy and like they just don't have time for certain things and i agree that everyone doesn't have the same type of privilege of how much they have to work in a week or how much schooling they have to do or how much homework they have or anything like that yeah right I think there's, there's still moments in our lives that we can set apart to be able to do that. Um, even if it's something that doesn't, isn't, isn't necessarily easy to do. Um, but if it's something that you love enough, I feel like it's something that you just have to be able to find the time to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, for an example for me was when I first started making videos, on a weekly basis, I pretty much dedicated my like Sunday afternoon. Mm. Um, so it'd be like, you you know, what, like whatever, whatever type of homework I had, I would either do it like the morning before school or I would do it on like Saturday or Friday, try to get it done before the weekend. So I could just focus on making a video on Sunday because previously I had just like the classic, like you just wait till the end of the weekend and then on set, Sunday, I'd busted out all the homework. So I had to like figure out a way to like, um, make it work in my schedule. And I mean, like, again, you know, the anecdote is like my parents didn't force me to get a job. They allowed me to just do, they, they were fine with me, you know, being in like being in school, taking upper division courses and like being involved in sports. That was enough for them for me in you know, being in clubs and things like that. So I, you know, I had that ability to <laughs> have a free day to be able to prioritize towards videos. But I think that's, that's the thing I would say is like, if it's something that you love, you'll, you'll find ways to start picking at it um, mm-hmm. and start grinding it down so that you can start navigating it, getting into the realm, meeting people and forging, forging a path for yourself.
1: Yeah. Just, just to it doesn't kind of, it doesn't really have to do with what you just said, but I, it came to me right now. Did you feel like when you came into the YouTube community, um, did you feel like there were I don't know because everyone's experience is different. Did you feel like there were people with a lot of open arms when you first came on, or did you feel like uh, a lot of like maybe guarded people or people just kind of keeping to their own? Or did you find that maybe other fellow creators were very open-armed does that make sense
0: yeah yeah i would say that um it like didn't really feel like there was much of a disney community when i started so i didn't really feel very connected to a lot of creators and like Mm -hmm. the people that i mean some of the people that i aspired to like i would try to interact with them and stuff like mm-hmm. that, but nothing really came about from it. And that was actually something that was kind of frustrating was that there was like times where there was other people at similar sizes to me that were like, um, who would collaborate with bigger creators. And that was incredibly frustrating because I, um, cause I was like, why aren't they choosing me? Like, why aren't they paying yeah. attention to me at all? Yeah. Um, and so. I, you know, I've, <laughs> and I guess in some ways I've bonded with some creators about that type of experience of like, just feeling like it was just kind of like you were navigating it by yourself and you had to either come up by yourself or nothing. And I, I collaborate, you know, I've done, I've done collaborations with a variety of YouTubers, but, um, there's, there's definitely segments that are of like people that are actually like close friends. And I think. I haven't, when I was coming up, I didn't feel like I was building those over, over time, especially in the first few years. So I I felt kind of lone gun, just responding to comments and making videos.
1: Yeah. 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 Uh, Serena, do you have any other YouTube questions before we move on?
2: No, you kind of touched on all of them.
1: Okay. (laughs) All right good to hear. All right. So we're going to talk about, um, for a little bit, kind of maybe to wrap it up is, um, Isaac's podcast. Um, so if you guys don't know, he does have a podcast and, um, a couple of questions on it. Um, when did you first start the pot?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I first started the podcast. Um, it was like the fall of the fall after I graduated from college. So I was like, okay, now, now I'm all done with all my, my degree and everything. Like, what do we, what do we do now? Um, and I was, I knew of a lot of people starting podcasts. It kind of, kind of seems like, um, just seemed like the thing to do. And I was like trying to think of how I could do something that felt authentic and excited me and aligned with what I was doing. Um, so i i got excited around the idea of making a show about following dreams specifically um and 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 to give me the opportunity to speak to like cast members directors and animators and other youtubers to just kind of like pick their brain get their perspective i felt like if it was something that could be valuable to me and would get me excited i felt like there there could be an audience that would get excited about that too Now, since then I've like the, the podcast initially started out as just being following dreams interviews. And now I, um, I'm evolving it more to be kind of like an extension of the channel too, where something I'm trying now is like taking the audio from a video and then like adding on a discussion afterward where I'm you know, just being more, giving more of a dialogue about it. Mm -hmm. There's so many different ways to do podcasts and so many excite me. Uh, but a lot of them also is kind of like, it's, some of them are difficult to do as like a one person show. Um, so it's, yeah, it's been interesting to find that and experiment with that. Um, Mm -hmm. and like, just try to like learn a new platform, um, and try to, because right now that's something I've been thinking about more is how do I make this podcast more authentic to audio first like how Mm. do I make this something where it's like long form but still engaged conversational instead of something that's just the audio for my videos um and so yeah so now it's a combination of the two that it's like I want to be able to quickly be able to respond to exciting things that are going on in the wonderful world of Disney, you know, still be able to show off the, the theories that I'm making and then do the the interviews that are always really cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Your interviews are awesome. I mean, you have anywhere from like Imagineers to like cosplayers to fellow content mm-hmm. creators, like everyone, everybody you could think of, um, <laughs> Serena, do you have any questions in regards to the podcast?
2: Okay so of course you're on our podcast Mm -hmm. and we're having lots and lots of fun with you um one of the questions i guess it's really what i find intriguing is how do you pick people who you want to interview Like, do you have like a set process or is it like people you admire and you're just like, Hey, do you want to be on the podcast or <laughs> do they just come up to you and say, you know, it's like different ways. I'm always curious mm. with how people, you know, set their like criteria like, how do you do yours?
0: Um, I mainly go about it as like, just, just choosing people that i really want to speak to and get to learn something from um because there's been a few times where i've uh like done i i i feel like the the interviews i get the most excited for are when i'm like being a massive fan because those are the times where i want to put in the most effort into like researching the people and like taking the time to like really be thoughtful of what i'm speaking to them about um Mm -hmm. or having a dialogue about so that's the that's typically what i i try to do is try like try to serve my interests because that typically leads to good results too um yeah i mean like some of the ones i was most excited for was like ruben aquino who's the animator for ursula that was really cool um and the creator of tangled the series uh Chris Sonnenberg and um and then the voice of Cassandra from Tangled the Series 2, uh, Eden Espinoza. Yeah. That was that was really cool too. So <laughs> those are those are some of the highlights of my experience. Oh yeah, and Steve Anderson, the director of Meet the Robinsons. There was a lot of cool Ooh. people.
1: <laughs> be great people. That's so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. So then kind of uh, uh, curious, was a podcast, something you always wanted to do, or was that something like just the natural progression of things? Or did you always have in your mind, like, oh, eventually I'd like to have like a podcast.
0: Mm. Um, I would say that I definitely did not go into being a content creator with the, the hope of making a podcast that, that was not something that I necessarily was, had my heart like set on like a lot of times um and mainly because i'm not someone who has historically listened to a lot of podcasts so that's kind of been something i've Mm -hmm. been experimenting more with as i like find different shows that i'm like can engage with um and so it's it's kind of something that's new and interesting um but and i would say like just like general advice is typically choose a platform that you do especially as your first platform choose something that you understand at a super deep level because that's what makes it super easy it's so easy if you watch tons and tons of youtube to understand the the style the formats the calls to action like the platform becomes super natural and that's kind of why like TikTok, while I haven't posted a lot of TikToks recently, that'll (laughs) got to get back into that. But that's why like TikTok is probably my second favorite social media platform because I actually use it a lot. And it's, um, and it's still in line with YouTube because it's all video. Whereas I feel so out of my realm with pictures. I, I, (laughs) I've never been one to like, naturally go out and take pictures of stuff or myself. So Serena it feels,
1: can relate to that.
0: Yeah, it's so <laughs> weird. It's like I'm just not it gets awkward. That, yeah, it doesn't feel natural to me. I'm just like a Midwest dude is just like just like so in my own realm that I'm I never think about sharing. I saw this one idea once that it was like if someone starts posting a lot on social media and they're like talking about that they're really happy that that could mean that they're like actually really unhappy and like mm-hmm. that they're, they're trying to like convince themselves and everyone around them. And I'm like, that's the exact opposite. If I'm going ghost, that means that I'm like, <laughs> I, I need a break. Yeah. <laughs> um, and if I'm posting a lot, that means like I have found a routine that feels sustainable for me. So yeah. I don't know, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. I like the video more the, the, the most. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, I guess like another question I have is what would you say is your greatest takeaway from the podcast? Cause you know how, when you start any new project, I feel like there's always something like a, a big takeaway from that, something that you've Mm -hmm. learned particularly, um, what would you say is the biggest thing in terms of the podcast specifically?
0: I would say that I've gotten very aware of to, to do a, to like show up and engage with a platform in a way that's authentic to the platform, it takes an incredible amount of work and that sometimes that can go underappreciated. Um, that like, I just assumed that I could like easily, um, set up an interview, record an interview, edit the entire video, like interview, post it, and then like try to. Generate waveforms. That was how I initially was trying to post them and like but that but So that was that was something where it was like when I was trying to do the podcast purely for audio Like it was something that was very difficult to do and then to try to force audio only onto YouTube It just doesn't work. Yeah, it's it's something you can't like You can't, you're allowed to do, you can do it, but it's not something that like, is going to be able to connect with most audiences. And so, and then kind of doing the reverse of being like, okay, I'll make videos and then, you know, force the audio into podcasts. It's like, those are like two different worlds sometimes. And sometimes I think it works, but there's, there's times where there's just a disconnect. And so Mm -hmm. making, you know, Especially with the rise of TikTok too, is like making something authentic to each platform is something yeah. that uh, is is really valuable skill to have.
1: That's a really good point, and how every social media is so incredibly different, so yeah. incredibly different.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> it,
1: That's a really uh, good point. Mm-hmm. And again, would <clears throat> not tech savvy. He's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta figure out now this new platform and how to use it. So that's a whole other uh, mm-hmm. uh, mountain I gotta go up. Um, Serena, do you have any more podcast podcast questions for
2: Isaac? No more podcast questions. I think okay. we did good.
1: Yeah, you know, um, Isaac, if you don't mind, it, we wanna open it up to the chat for like a couple minutes, probably sure. you know, three to five minutes and see if anybody has a question for you specifically and then we'll go ahead and wrap it up. So right. I know there's a little bit of a lag, so I'm gonna kind of wait, um, this always happens. We always have to wait a little bit for the questions to come in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so if you guys are uh, hearing this, um, if you have any specific questions for Isaac, whether it be, you know, a video or
2: what happens to you? I have a question. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> this is from <laughs> lurking on Instagram and I saw it in your like profile. Um, picture Mm. pin trading. Now I'm like a big pin trading. Like I love limited edition. That's it. I had to draw my limit, but how, (laughs) like, are you a big pin trader? And if so, how did you get into it? I'm just assuming from the
0: lanyards. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm (laughs) a big pin guy. I've been using the same lanyard since I was in like fourth grade or something. So I, I've been, (laughs) I love, (laughs) I love pin trading. Um, what, how did it start? i think it was oh man i think it was a it was a girl that got me into it my brother and i sat next to this girl on a a magical express bus and she had two lanyards completely filled to the max and i was like whoa and then it kind of like started seeing them around more and kind of was like aware of them and eventually my parents got like my brother and i a lanyard and then it was like okay like choose a pin um and And then from that point, it was like asking for more pins. And then it kind of became the whole, then it got into trading because it was like buying all these pins is like really expensive. Like maybe we can like trade to get some cool ones and then like finding the boards and everything like that, it kind of became a steamroll thing. And now it's like, there's a lot and I, I, and typically now they're kind of like the fun souvenir I like to have is like you know, there's, there's a trip where it's like, Oh, this was the first time I went on Guardians of the Galaxy mission breakout. This was the trip where like was really in love with Fantasmic, you know, there's, there's different pins for like different, um, things. And so, yeah, that's kind of how I get into it. I typically like, now I've got a uniform. I feel like when I go to the parks, I, I, th- I wear the Crocs constantly. I've got the magic band on, I've got the <laughs> lanyard with the, the pins. As what else is there? Yeah, that's, that's kind awesome. of, that's the main thing. So that that's <laughs> when I feel in my element is when I get to slap all the stuff on.
2: So do and... you get into the cast member, like the hidden Mickey pins? Are oh, you yeah, one I... of those people? Or are you just like strictly like if it's something like a memory or anything like that, that's the only um, time.
0: Yeah. So I've like, I've, there was one trip. I, I went pretty hard and I like collected all the Oswald's um all the oswald pins (laughs) i was collecting a bunch of the fish from under the sea Um, so if i if all of a sudden i realize that i've got like four out of the six or something then i start to go hard but and so it's kind of just following the the path and see where i go but i typically like i haven't planned ahead of like i'm sure i'm going for a specific set or anything like that i just kind of like collect the characters that i like so most of it is like Mickey and friends and princesses, and then yeah. anything to do with the rides.
2: Okay, because I have nothing. like different lanyards. So I have a villain's <laughs> lanyard, then I have a oh. princess lanyard. And then it's just like, whatever makes me happy lanyard. So there it's always go. interesting to hear other people like <laughs> <laughs> pin mm-hmm. trading habits. I had yeah. to ask because I can't. Yeah. Lanyard <laughs>
1: So we have a couple questions in the chat. Um, so Jill says, uh, "Okay, my question is: When travel is safe, what is something you're excited to do again, whether it be visiting a park, doing an event, etc.?
0: Oh man, I would say I just want to go. Like, I think the like the the main thing I just want to be able to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World. I want to go on all the rides, like." I haven't went on Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway yet. Ratatouille's so uh, amazing. I oh I've watched the ride throughs and everything like that. I'm I'm so excited to see it. I you know I love Mickey Mouse, and so I and the classic characters. And I actually really enjoy the new animation style and like the shorts. Because um, one trip, I mean that was all we'd turn on. It's like if we didn't turn on Walt Disney World the day and listen to the music, which I love to do. Uh, we'd have the Oh, Actually, we'd also have avatar on because there was a channel just playing avatar because Pandora (laughs) just released The other thing we do is we'd watch the Mickey Mouse shorts. So (laughs) I got I really got invested in that humor (laughs) Um, And like Ratatouille the Tron cycle ride guardians of the galaxy and Epcot There's just there's just so many things to experience at Walt Disney World soon Uh, But I I'm just ready to go out into the humidity and just just (laughs) again. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's awesome.
1: Um, Ryan says, what are your plans for the future on YouTube, Isaac? Like, what are your dreams for your channel? Is there anything specific you want to create as the channel continues to grow? I love that question, Ryan. That's so good.
0: Um, Like, of, you know, the, I would say the, the big vanity goal that I've always been is like, I want the gold play button. I want the million subscribers. That's something that, <laughs> is something that you know something as soon as it starts to grow is something that i want but something that you know is more removed Mm -hmm. from like the metrics and like the the approval of of like uh that is to foster a community and then start other projects the thing the thing that i saw that resonated with me the most recently i've you know i've had ideas for different businesses and things that could be expansion of the channel. But the, the idea of you create products and services that extend the community and the feeling your channel brings with it, like if you are able to do a blend of those things, that's the stuff that gets really exciting. So, um, Mm -hmm. if there's, if there's ways of like, is there a way to, um, like like one one thing is like i want to integrate more with like the disney parks side of disney um and so like is there a way that i could help people book their travel and like have like agents that i work with and i trust with and so that it would be like you enjoy this these magical videos and then if you want to go on a trip and you've never been before, you just want someone that you like trust to be able to help you. It's like, is there a way that I can set up that type of business? Um, so that people that already trust my, you know, excitement for the parks and my passion for it, my knowledge that I can like feed that to them and be able to like serve those people. And so that people can have the type of experiences that I had, growing up, especially since the parks are just such, can be such a complex endeavor. I mean, even as someone who's went to the parks, my entire life, I pick up a manual about it and I'm just like, no wonder. Like my mom had like a coronary any time that she started planning a trip. (laughs) Cause it's like, there's just so much to it that you could learn. mm -hmm. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) Um, I, we have another. We have a couple of questions. Um, in the bat loop says, if you could be a Disney villain, which one would you be?
0: Hmm. Um, let's see. So um, many
1: great options too. <laughs> I
0: know. Yeah, there are. Like, if, huh? Like, let's see. Some of the standouts. Try to, I'm trying to think what. Disney Disney villain where I want to be I don't know I I like like Cassandra from Tangled the series I don't know if she's necessarily a villain but mm-hmm. yeah. I I lean towards her I like Maleficent like mm-hmm. Cher- Chernabog I don't know I like the most powerful ones, like, the ones that, <laughs> that also, <laughs> I'm like I want the powerful ones that like don't don't mess around yeah um like like Scar is so cool. I I think Scar is incredible. But as soon as he becomes a ruler, he becomes like he totally degrades. Like he lets the power completely corrupt him, and he's blinded by it. And he just lets the whole yeah. kingdom go to go to waste. And he could have yeah. had it all if he just were to like uh, yeah. kept it together. Like Scar, you dropped the have, ball on it. Dude, Simba could have returned, and he could have just been like, hey, dudes, like yeah, like it's no big deal. Or like, I I don't know. I think he could have. He could have ruled longer, yeah. but he dropped the ball. Um, and like Frollo is kind of creepy, you know. There's oh,
1: Frollo is so weird, <laughs> so weird. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I think I think if I had to choose, um, I would I would probably want to be like Maleficent or Cassandra. At the
2: most. I love it.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, her mug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, oh, God, the powers. The, the
2: powers,
1: yeah. yeah,
0: like The horns, um, the dragon, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, Jose says, what's your favorite Disney snack or food?
0: Mm. Oh, man, see, like, my knee jerk is always like, oh, churros, churros. And then I'm like, oh, t- t- <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, what's the other? Like, I, I like the pineapple dole whips, but, like, the thing that oh. I, like, if I could choose to like have one thing, it would be the Mickey waffles. I I love ooh. waffles. I just
2: the waffles are good.
0: Yeah, I can't <laughs> get enough of that those breakfast foods. So I I'd go Mickey waffles.
1: Okay, I you made me like all of a sudden because I haven't eaten yet, so I'm like ooh, my stomach started to turn. Um, John said, if you could design any Disney ride in the park, what movie would you base base it on, and why? would you choose that interesting (laughs)
0: question easy tangled it would be tangled all day every day um i i want tangled because tangled the series is awesome it would have it would be amazing it would have the animatronics of um of like the beauty and the beast ride in tokyo disneyland only um it wouldn't be a it would be a boat ride instead and okay yeah, and i'd probably i'd probably have it be like splash mountain that's all about tangled and and that type of ride and um yeah i think it i think it'd be incredible i would include stuff from the series as well i'm sure people wouldn't recognize it but it would just be subtle things <laughs> to be able to recognize it I the think major fans
1: a, would know the major fans would know yeah yeah
0: yeah like just like subtle things here and there i feel like that would be a a touch that i would include a lot more of in the parks if i was like the creative director over it although you know i don't know what type of say they have over all that type of stuff but like i don't know people people watched like people have spent millions of dollars on all these sequels and then they're completely don't exist beyond the sequels i feel like that's short-sighted
1: yeah yeah um it's so funny that you mentioned the Beauty and the Beast animatronics because when I watched the making of, I always love to watch the behind the scenes yeah. released, I think it's by Disney Parks. Yeah. I got so emotional and I was like, what the heck is going on with me? Because it's the first time I've seen <laughs> Belle as an animatronic and I got yeah. so emotional over it. And I was like, finally, like my girl, she's getting some love.
0: Um, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, they're they're stunning. I like, I think it's, um, I don't know. I I hope they do more of them. Like the yeah, me too. Like Frozen Ever After has good animatronics, but like it's just something. There's those were just something else. Like I, part of me was like thinking before Flight of Passage um, that mm-hmm. like I've seen everything, and then all of a sudden it was like I have not seen everything. There's still more experiences to be had, and that yeah. was another thing for me too. I, like for the longest time before Tangled the series. Like Belle was one of my favorite princesses as well. So Mm -hmm. I was, I was pretty thrilled to see her moving around. (laughs) She was like real. And she
1: looks, yeah. And she looks so real and authentic. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. I was like, and I felt myself like just a moment. Uh.
0: (laughs) I mean, and I don't know about you, but like the more I watch Beauty and the Beast, the more I can like recognize like, different versions of, like, the bell, like, people, yeah. like, the animators breaking away from, like, the mold, like, you could tell that that was one of the cheapest animated films of the, um, of, of the Renaissance era, yeah. yeah, because of how, like, off-model Bell was consistently throughout the movie, but, like, the animatronic one is the, the way I always imagine her. Yeah,
1: you actually, know. you're right, even her eyes changed, like, I mean, just to be very specific, yeah hey, I'm a hazel eye cause I don't know if people know this but Belle's eyes are hazel her eyes change throughout the whole entire movie one frame they're green the other frame they're brown so
0: <laughs> Yep. the the way I always picture her is when she first goes into the west wing like her whoever animated mm-hmm. that is like the, the Belle that I always picture is like that's my favorite
1: In that, yeah yeah Yeah. Sorry. We got so sidetracked on that. I apologize. (laughs) That was me going on a, um, Jerry asked, what is your favorite thing about the YouTube community? So I would assume he means like your specific YouTube community.
0: Um, something that I try to think about a lot, especially if I'm feeling discouraged about YouTube is the reality of knowing that there was creators that I watched when I was young that validated the things that I was interested in, and the path that I wanted to go down. And the reality that I might be able to validate some other young person, or another person to, to do what they love, or be, you know, follow art or, I don't know, fi- like find their passion to go down it. And if you know, if it's if they're passionate about Disney that and I can help solidify that as something that's acceptable in the modern world um, for whatever gender or sexual orientation you are or anything like that, whatever your background is, that's something that means a lot to me because I know it meant a lot to me when I was younger.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Zach asked if you could travel to any international Disney park, money not being an issue, which Disney park would you travel to? (laughs)
0: um the top two for me right now are tokyo disneyland and disneyland paris i think if i had to choose i would probably go to tokyo disneyland um mainly because i just know that throughout the entire park's existence the oriental land company has poured money into the parks consistently and they're often praised as some of the best parks in the world um and i would be I'd be very interested to experience it. And it seems like they have a lot of really great experiences, especially with their current expansion. Because they're eventually getting a tangled ride. They're getting a tangled boat ride. (laughs) They're getting some type of flight of passage esque Peter Pan ride. So Um, cool. Yeah. And a frozen one, like a unique frozen experience, too. I'm like, that's that's enough (laughs) for me. That's enough. Uh, in in addition to everything else that they have. So I, I'd go Tokyo Disneyland, especially when it's done.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Actually, that's like probably my number one as well. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to do the last question just because I don't want to keep Isaac any longer. He's given us so much of his time. Um, So Mike asked, what is the perfect way to sum up a day for you at Disney? So your perfect Disney day. Um, I would are probably... you waking up early? Are you stay, are you, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I typically wake up early. I get, I get pretty excited. I'll, I get pretty sleep deprived going to the parks. Cause I'll, I'll wake up cause I, you know, I, I know that I'm typically the one who's most eager to get to the park. So I'll try to be the first one into the shower and everything like that. So I, I wake up pretty early to go. Um, I, do, do you think this is like, how, how would I end a Disney day or what my perfect Disney day would be? I think the perfect day. Okay. I
2: think,
1: I think it's like your perfect day. So like, what would you, what would you wake up and eat? What, mm. what character would you want to go see? What ride do you need to hit? Like all of those, like that feeling, like all those things oh, that make okay. the perfect day.
0: Yep. All right. And that, and that's that what case, I think
1: I could be wrong.
0: Yeah, I would, um i would be at the top of i i'd probably go disneyland hotel in in anaheim i'd be at the top floor of the disneyland hotel i would have character breakfast and character breakfast buffet and then i would probably just roam around disneyland the entirety of the day i would have um i'd eat beignets in new orleans and i would probably i don't know where i'd eat but I'd probably I'd probably eat in north New Orleans, too. The blue Bayou is a is a cool place. I'd get a cheeseburger mm. i I always get I get desensitized when I go to Disney like i with some of the pricing like mm-hmm. by the end of the vacation, I'm like, guys, you buy a Coke. a large coke is four dollars. like that's just how much it is in when you ex- exist in Disney pricing. so I'd get a Coke <laughs> I, the, <laughs> the rides. That's typically my pick-me-up through the day. I don't really like coffee, so I, I drink Coca-Cola, um, mm-hmm. and I would go to Fantasmic, and see the fireworks. I like I would want to hit Space Mountain and Splash Mountain, but other than that, like I'm I'm fine just roaming around and going on whatever. I'd probably go on Pirates too, and then yeah, yeah. and then I would probably probably have ice cream to end the day, have a Sunday, and then go back to the yes. back to the hotel.
1: Yes, the perfect day. Oh, that makes me miss it so much. Makes me miss it so much.